0: Well, great to be with everyone and uh, we really do pray that although we're online, it feels like family, it feels like we are meeting with God and, and we have a sense of his presence and uh, yeah, just as we were praying, I really, I really did think that as we're praying, God's heart is so for us you know if we can pray for one another and we look after one another in prayer like that but he just covers us he's for us so guys he's got you wherever you are he really has got you and I pray that God's word now to you would encourage us so uh, I'm going to speak this morning on uh, considering our ways it's from Haggai Uh, we're beginning a short series January it's just a very pertinent book as I think we're going to see it's this Short prophetic book there at the end of the Old Testament. I'll give it a bit of historical context in a minute. And uh, I think it's five times, could be seven, but in that book, Haggai encourages Israel to consider their ways. And I don't know about you, but I find myself reflecting at the start of a new year. I'm a historian, and uh, so dates and significance of time passing kind of does speak to me a bit. And uh, five or seven times, Haggai encourages Israel to consider their ways and I think this is a good time to consider our ways and uh, just to quickly say then this book has an absolutely firstly fascinating context I wonder if this sounds familiar maybe advance the slide there Adam got a few C's coming your way Uh, the story is it's the year 539 before Jesus And uh, the exiles have returned. And in exile there, they were people in a strange land, weren't they? There were no reference points for them. They're taken off the whole of Israel. The remnant of Israel is taken off to Babylon, nobility, the governmental folks. And uh, they're in in Babylon as they're subjected to the Babylonian power. uh, Their confidence is sapped how can we sing the songs of the Lord in a strange land, they say in one of the Psalms. And they've been truly humbled. And they start to ask questions there in exile. Where are you, Lord, in all this? How long, how long is this going to go on for? There's There's a heart cry, I'm sure many of us have asked. How, how long? And I don't know about you, but I think this season we've been in. I actually, I actually feel it almost has been an exile from the Lord. I'm not saying there, unlike Israel, it's it's judgment as such. Uh, but I, th- I think God has been refining us. I think He's been refining us as the church in the world. I think He's been refining us as societies. We've been recalibrating, haven't we? Asking, you know, what should our priorities be? What what are God's purposes? for us and that was something that Israel did they're in exile they had to recalibrate they had to return to God and ask questions God where have you got us why are we here and so they return to Israel they're allowed to leave and um, the first thing they do is they start to rebuild the altar and the temple you can read about this in the books of Ezra Nehemiah and they rebuild the altar and the temple which is interesting isn't it But they are called to put in place first the worship and ensure that their heart devotion is clear and pure. They rebuild the altar and the temple. And we'll come back to that in a minute. They don't build the walls first. They don't rebuild Jerusalem. They get the heart of things right first. The, The title of this Haggai series is putting first things first. And that was what Haggai encouraged Israel to do. Uh, they face opposition in this as as uh, people around them see them coming back, these Israelites rebuilding, they face opposition. And in five hundred and thirty six, they stop building, facing this opposition. And then fifteen or sixteen years later, in about five twenty, God starts to speak. they've They've left the altar and they've left the temple. Uh, derelict they haven't finished the job they haven't seen through what they've been called to and God starts to speak and prophetic voices start to encourage the people as we're going to see in the book of Haggai there was also the prophet Zechariah at this time it's why Haggai and Zechariah are down near the end of the Old Testament and it says in Ezra chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 now Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet are descendant of Iddo prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them then Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel and Joshua son of Jazadok, set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem and the prophets of God were with them supporting them how does a prophetic voice support us they're not doing much (laughs) we want we want people who are doing the job well sometimes It's hearing from God that gets us going. And there are times, aren't there, maybe you're on this call this morning, you are desperate to hear from God. Well, prophetic voices, and I pray that this message will even be something of a prophetic voice. Prophetic voices, we can go a long way off the back of a word from God. And I pray that we will hear words soon. And I would say to us, I want to say this to our prophetic people, and you know who you are. Some of you are prophetic. You have a prophetic edge. And I, I confess, and I'm sorry for this, that if any way as a leadership in the church, we haven't facilitated, made space for the prophetic. But I want to encourage you prophetic people, stir it up. We need to hear from you. Be that on a Sunday or be it elsewhere. But if you feel the Lord speaking to you and laying things on your heart and you just think this is bigger than just for me. I encourage you, share it. We are always open to receiving those words. I love it when people take time just to email something. I think it gives definition to prophetic words, but I want to encourage you prophetic people, stir it up. Anyway, so Haggai starts to speak, and we're going to read now Haggai chapter one. I'm going to invite Ali back. We're going to read this antiphonally, which means, I think, alternatively. So Ali's going to read it, and uh, The word's going to come up on your screen. So I'll read uh, the odd verses and Ali's going to read the even verses. So um, Adam, if we could get that up, that'd be great. Uh, So odd and even verses are marked there. So I'll read the odd verses. And don't forget, Jewish names, just read them with confidence. All right. No one knows for sure how to pronounce them. Just read them with confidence. No one's listening to you anyway. You're online. okay? So in the second year of King Darius on the first Day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jozadak, the high priest.
1: This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house.
0: And if you guys read with Ali in the background, okay, where you are, feel free to read. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai.
1: Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin?
0: Now this is what the Lord Almighty says.
1: Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them In a purse with holes in it
0: this is what the lord almighty says give careful thought to your
1: ways go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that i may take pleasure in it and be honored says the lord
0: you expected much but see it turned out to be little what you brought home i blew away why declares the lord almighty because of my house which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house.
1: Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld that dew over the earth and its crops.
0: I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, and on all the
1: labour of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Josuzuk, The high priest and the whole realm realm of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord.
0: There we go. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people: "I am with you," declares the Lord.
1: So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of joshua son of jehoshaphat the high priest and the spirit of the whole realm of the people they came and began work on the house of the lord almighty
0: sorry we've got on our screen we can't quite read this their god from the 24th day of the sixth month brilliant thank you very much ali cheers guys sorry like i say on our screen the type is quite small hence a little bit of trouble seeing that So Haggai here describes the condition of the house of God, but it's really speaking about the condition of the people's hearts. The issue is not so much the temple, it's the hearts of the people. Well, what was the condition of the temple, of the house of God? Well, the people had said, it's not time yet for us to build the house of God. Now, there is Uh, a suggestion that the people at this time were facing kind of economic difficulties you know how can we how can we give money how can we contribute to the building of the temple when we ourselves are facing economic difficulties but whatever the cause and it's probably more than that the house of God it says was in ruins well what was the issue here The lack of building of the temple reveals really the condition of the people's hearts and this is what God was after. This is what God is always after. He's not so much after the form of our worship, the form of our spirituality. It all starts with our heart condition and the people here had misplaced priorities it says in verse four that they were about building god levels the accusation against them look guys you're about building your paneled houses it was a sign of luxury and decadence you're about building your houses you're about your lives you're about your agenda and my house and my kingdom as it if you like are in ruins he wants us to be kingdom minded He knows it's best for us that we put him at the center of things and seek to build his kingdom with him. And the problem with the people at this time was that there was considerable apathy and indifference about the temple and all it stood for. And like I say, it's not so much about the temple, the temple represented, temple life represented. The devotion of the people and their heart for worship and the measure, the extent of their heart for worship. The temple represented the presence of God among his people. And you see, this was the whole point of their return from exile, that they might be reforged and reformed as the people of God. And I just wonder, has God taken us, maybe some of us feel it keenly, individually, we believe as a leadership, as a church, he has done this. But even as the church, has he taken us through a refining process where we've been in his, his forge, where he's hammering us on the anvil to reshape our identity, This has been the purpose of our exile, but it's time now to return after that refining period. And worship, his presence needs to be at the heart of this. You see, who we worship, what we worship and how we worship shapes our identity. That is at the heart of your life, my friend. Let me say that again. Who you worship, what you worship, what is at the centre and how we worship shapes our identity. Everything comes out of that. So it's key we get that right, isn't it? Just as an aside, I'm not purely talking about sung worship in the gathering obviously Paul says doesn't he he says you know live our lives this is our reasonable act of worship we're to live our lives laid down and poured out but gathered sung worship is in there and I did sense in preparing for this talk that worship gathered worship will be key for us in this season it's it's partly physically gathered but it's certainly gathered online but it's key that we re-gather however it looks like at this present time and I do believe that sung worship where we proclaim who he is where we declare out of the overflow of our hearts who he is will be key for our journey ahead it's why we need to pray for our worship team it's why we need to pray for Ian and the guys worship will be key in our journey ahead okay so that was the condition of things they let things go because of that they were under the curse of god that's strong language isn't it it's not language we particularly use in this day and age a curse but it's undoubtedly the language and undoubtedly the picture Haggai presents here. What is What effectively is a curse? I think at its heart, it's the rem- when God chooses to remove his protection and blessing from us and we live barren lives. You see, ble- the blessing of God has to be intentional and it comes from obedience. Commentators talk about um in this passage, Haggai references really implicitly Deuteronomy 28, when we have a whole list of, uh, if you are obedient, God speaks to Moses and the people before they move into the promised land. And he says, if you are obedient, there'll be blessing. If you are obedient, there will be blessing. It may not look like you want it to, but there will be blessing. If we are disobedient, you'll be under my curse. And it uses that language. What it means is this if you are disobedient God will set his face against us and in Haggai 1 here it talks about the people struggling they've left the house of God in ruins and they're struggling their harvests aren't producing their holes have got their pockets have got holes in them and you know they may be earning the cash but it seems to be disappearing the cattle aren't producing so they're in a place of barrenness it reminds me of psalm 127 i find this so challenging in an age of busyness this is what god says in psalm 127 unless the lord builds the house the builders labor in vain unless the lord watches over the city the guards stand watch in vain look at this in vain It's empty when we rise up early and stay up late toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. I think it's quite descriptive of our frenetic Western society, isn't it? That toiling that, you know, we're we're all working so hard and we're busy, busy, busy. and, And a lot of that is put on us. I understand that. But let us make sure as the people of God, that our lives are oriented around the altar and the temple, that God is at the center of our activity, that it's not us pursuing our agendas and chasing things that are in vain. Just to say that last phrase there, for he grants sleep to those he loves, can be a bit challenging to us for those of us who struggle with sleep, and it's a key thing. But actually, uh, uh, it can mean that verse the original can mean he even gives to those he loves while they're asleep. He even gives to those he loves while they sleep. And let me say to you if you struggle with sleep because of an underlying anxiety, I just pray that the Lord would minister to you trust, that you would know he's going to provide for you. You don't need to be anxious. And you can sleep in peace. It's Sabbath, really, for you. Sleep. And you can trust him to provide even when you sleep. Do I hear an amen in the house? Amen. And so God here has set his face against Israel. Let us not be people that are not building the altar, are not attending to the temple. There's a wordplay here in the Hebrew. He says, the houses are ruins. Because you've left the house a ruins. The word is hareb. Because you've left the house a ruins, I'll send drought. The word is Horeb. So we get Horeb when there's Hareb. We get drought, barrenness. When we leave God's altar and temple a ruins in our life. I pray if you're on this call and this is challenging, you, this is quite a strong word. I don't dispute it. But I really pray. You see, you can do something about that. You can choose to be obedient. We can choose to return. But let's not live lives frenetic in vain. Where it's us building the house. And God doesn't get a look in. And so there's a call to the people through Haggai to consider their ways and return we can progress the slides verses seven and eight Haggai makes this call and he says consider your words and return he says this is what the Lord Almighty says give careful thought to your ways go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured says the Lord so the heart issue was apathy. It was a heart issue. And the heart needed to be changed. The people needed to return. But there needed to be action. They actually needed to do something. And isn't that the case? We can be moved in a, in a gathering, in a, in a meeting. God seems to speak and we're moved. And our heart is touched. And we realize there's something, you know, I need to, I need to repent. There's something I need to do with my heart but we fail to translate that into action and Haggai here says there are things you can actually do here it's like John the Baptist when he challenged the people he said produce fruit in keeping with repentance actually do something repentance needs to look like something a turning back to God needs to look like something in James 2 James says faith without works is dead it's not just about the works it needs to be about the heart but the heart change needs to result in action and haggai chapter 1 verse 8 says then go up into the mountains bring down and build if this is speaking to us and we just sense i need to there's something i maybe i've in this season i've i've been in exile and it's been tough, but I'm, it's time to come back to the Lord. I, I need to just check my heart. I pray that there'd be many of us on this call. We don't have a sense of conviction that we've been away from the Lord or lack or apathetic. But nonetheless, it's good nonetheless to check our heart and just say, Lord, is there anything I need to do? But I guess I particularly want to call folks on this call. Or maybe you watch it later who feel actually there's a conviction there i think i need to attend to the altar of my heart i'm not sure god has central place well we're going to reflect in a minute as to how we can go up bring down and build i think we can pray for our nation in that i think our nation has potentially been in exile it's turning its back on god and And we can pray vicariously. We can repent, I think, on behalf of our nation and ask God to have mercy on our nation. There's opportunity through the week, Monday through Friday, 8 till 8.30 and other times. Jump on the Zoom call. The link is on the website. So let's respond then. You see, there was consequence here to Haggai's call. The people, it says, obeyed and feared the Lord. They actually put things into action such that the temple was completed. And we're going to see next time in Haggai 2. Haggai says, the glory of this house will be greater than the former temple. Even though it's a smaller temple, its, going to, it's glory is going to be greater. And we'll think about what that means. But one thing it means is this it was the temple. That Haggai encouraged the people to build that welcomed the presence of Jesus. It was this temple that Jesus walked among. Folks at Beck, how many of us wanna see Jesus walk upon, walk among the temple we're building together? As we give ourselves to Him, as we ask Him, to presence himself as we walk in obedience as we pour our lives out might it be that jesus will walk among us in his power and glory revealing himself to broken men and women around us in communities i want to see that give me a wave if you want to see that i hope we do come on let's let's respond now let's 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 raise a hand lord we want to see that we want to see you move among us. We've tried to build our own temples. Yeah. We've tried to build our own altars. I've tried, I've tried to minister. I've tried to be a, a good pastor in my own strength. Lord, I want to see you move. I want to see your glory among us. And let it be greater than anything we've seen before. So we're going to use the words now of Haggai chapter 1 verse 8 just to reflect in quiet wherever we are if we could put those verses up Israel was told go up into the mountains what's an area of challenge you need to rise to let's just uh, let's just invite the spirit now to come and speak Lord I pray that as we respond now may we check the condition of our hearts and I pray that you would be revealing by your spirit to us So they were to go up the mountain. What area of our life is there challenging? What are we being challenged about? Where do we need to climb higher? Just ask the spirit to speak to you about that. Is there any area of our life that's got a bit messy? We may only be off by a degree or two at this moment, but we carry on that course and a year, two years down the line, we'll be going, Lord, where are you? They were to go up into the mountains. They were to bring down timber. What resources do we need to put at the Lord's disposal? They were to gather timber. What resources do we have that we're to put at the Lord's disposal again? Is it our time? Do we need to give him or just reorder our time? It may not be we need to give him, we need to find any more time. Maybe we need to cut some things out. Can I be frank? Are we wasting time doing stuff? I waste plenty of time. There's been some things I feel the Lord's challenging me about going into this new year. Do We need to reorder our time. Is it something to do with relationships? Are there relationships we need to sow into to a greater extent? Are there people we need to look out for? And again, are there some relationships that are not helping us? It may not be we need to cut them out completely, but maybe we just need to speak into them and reshape them. God. We offer you now our resources. We may not think they're much, but you it wouldn't be the first time you've taken meager resources and miraculously multiplied. I want to pray that for someone. Lord, I pray that as somebody brings meager resources now and offers them to you. There's, there's some of you on this call. I think you're probably saying, but God, I'm, this isn't much I'm offering would you miraculously multiply loaves and fishes and finally what will it look like for you to get on and build what will it look like for me i know i am prone to procrastination as my lovely wife will tell you. Lord, we pray, help us to build. What does building look like? Just ask the Holy Spirit. What does building look like? What is What does action look like? Come on, folks, it's, you've talked about it enough. Get on and do that thing. Some of us are carrying specific things. I'm not, some of us are carrying specific things. Hey, it's time to do them. Let there be a release, Lord, of faith and courage to step out and do, do some stuff. Come, Holy Spirit. I really believe that. I really, really sense my spirit. Some of us have got some really significant things we're carrying. And it, it, it's soon. It's Your time's now. It's soon. This is your encouragement. Yeah. Lord help us to build with you we want to build with you Lord we we don't want to build in vain but I do pray we would attempt to build with you